0: Welcome back to the third episode of Talking Smack. I'm here. I'm Josh Scar. I'm here with Alex Lasden once again. Welcome back, Alex. Why, thank you. And we've got a lot of like little news bits. We don't really have a theme. Uh, If there is going to be a theme, it's we'll reveal it (laughs) a little later (laughs) because I'm I'm actually really proud of the theme if uh, again, it can so be called. So we're just going to hop right in. And the first thing that I want to talk about is Christine Boylan is set to adapt Painkiller Jane for a Jessica Chastain movie. The character Painkiller Jane was created by Jimmy Palamati and I already forgot his name. We just looked it up. Uh, The (laughs) former Marvel exec, CEO, editor-in-chief, Joe Quesada, that's who it is. I got there. Six degrees to Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Uh, Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palamati created this character. Basically, she's kind of like Robocop but without a set origin she is an undercover cop who infiltrates the mob the mob sets her up to go take out uh, a a rival mobster Uh, they have a bomb attached to her essentially and the bomb goes off and she's resurrected somehow through mysterious means they don't really have a set origin but she now comes back with superpowers and a super healing factor and she runs around in a bikini and she's a vigilante now it's interesting it's it's a fairly typical independent comic book uh, very sexualized very vulgar very visceral uh, I know you don't have a much a, a lot of insight on the character, but I know you do like Jimmy Palamati and some of his work and uh, I know you like Amanda Connor, his wife mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's his wife yeah, but they're married I'm pr- yeah, I'm pretty sure they're married they just obviously. For entertainment value they keep their names separate yeah, just, just like they're Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively not Ryan Reynold Ryan and Blake Reynolds yeah no
1: um, I don't have a whole lot of insight into it other than you know it could be interesting um, I heard there was a TV show that I vaguely remember an episode or two of like going like oh yeah the Terminator from Terminator 3 is in this this is awesome and then I realized it was on sci-fi in like 2008 and went never mind this isn't <laughs> awesome uh, the writer doesn't do a whole lot for me because she doesn't have in my opinion a whole lot of name recognition she seems to have bounced around a bit she did a few episodes of Constantine a few episodes of uh, once upon a time she was on Castle for a while in season four which may or may not have been a good season Castle just kind of was Castle for mm-hmm. until it ended
0: yeah Castle just kind of existed I really only cared for the episodes where they did any kind of Firefly reference if they did a Firefly reference I was happy for the rest of the season
1: no oh, yeah no Castle, in my opinion, was just a sh- it was just a nice placeholder show. I enjoyed watching it. I saw basically every episode of it, but it was never a show or you know where I was looking at reruns going, ooh, this
0: episode is more like,
1: oh yeah, mm, that was nice." So, yeah. Alright. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Castle was a very procedural show. It wasn't anything fantastic, but I'm all for anything Jessica Chastain does. I still need to see Interstellar, honestly. <laughs> um, but I, I think she's a really good actress. I I was actually kind of behind her maybe getting the role of Captain Marvel. I think she definitely has the vibrato of a Captain Marvel. She can mm-hmm. definitely carry herself. She definitely can stand up to the likes of Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt. Uh, I've never really seen her in a lighter more lighthearted role so I I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, no,
1: she's um she just seems to be really good at selecting scripts lately. Um and I have yet to see a role where I would say res- where I would think that she was bad in the role pre- versus that she bleh. She seems to hold her own well, and she seems to elevate um, the material a bit. I still haven't seen a movie where I've looked at it and gone like, well, why did you do that? It was more like, oh, that was a smart choice, or that was strong for you. Um, so yeah, if she's-, she's going for a comic booky role, I am hoping that she's attached to it because she's looking to elevate it or have some kind of personal calling for her versus, it's about time I get paid. <laughs> yeah, I, I need a franchise. Yeah.
0: Which is actually kind of what got Robert Downey Jr. into Iron Man is he wanted a franchise and mm-hmm. look what he he created an entire universe essentially. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Jessica Chastain she's got a new movie coming out where she does a bunch of underground poker with uh, like Hollywood celebrities. It's based on a true story. It looks interesting. Michael Sarah's in it, essentially playing Michael Sarah. I would pay good money to see that movie if I found out he was playing Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, so that was actually funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm not thinking of it. <laughs> it gets stupider and better the longer I think about that. I,
0: I, I heard the, I heard the, the, I saw the trailer. In all honesty, I heard the CinemaSins guys talking about it on their Sincast. And I was just hoping one of them would say that. Because they're just like, oh yeah, I'm all for Michael Sarah in this. And I'm just like, I really hope he plays Jesse Eisenberg. That would be amazing. Because everyone gets them confused anyway. So, like, maybe he's just Jesse E. I don't know. But that would be pretty great. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> sorry. I'm still is stuck. You're still a, recovering. No, I'm still stuck on that. And then I realized that's a movie, your movie you're talking about. It's uh, Molly's Game. It's, yes. Uh, it's Aaron Sorkin, right? He's directing Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Everyone loves Aaron Sorkin. Well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the main reason we're talking about Painkiller Jane is because it leads to a nice segue of um, Jimmy Palamati helped create Painkiller Jane. He is now currently writing with Amanda Connor, the aforementioned Amanda Connor, Uh, Harley Quinn, who recently celebrated her 25th birthday, which obviously she's a made-up character, so she's not really celebrating 25 years. It's more fans are celebrating 25 years of Harley. I spent actually last night watching The Adventures of Batman and Robin, otherwise known as Season 4 of Batman the Animated Series, and I got to the episode where Harley is declared sane by Arkham, and she goes out and and just is like trying to live a normal life but she's rolling around on her roller skates being pulled by her hyena babies oh yeah and And she wants to go buy a dress because she realizes that her daisy dukes and uh, crop top are a little outdated so she goes into and actually buys this dress that i guess she really enjoys she takes it before they can take the security tag off of it so the alarms go off and she just it's a setup it's she she just starts going crazy because she thinks everyone's trying to get at her but everyone's being very clear but she's just so paranoid about getting caught and having to go back to arkham that she just won't stop and listen cuz even the security guards like i just need to get the tag off and she's just like it's a frame up and she smacks him and <laughs> runs into one of the dressing rooms to hide and then Bruce Wayne ends up going into the into the dressing room area and she's like he's like ma'am uh, are you okay and she pops out with Uh, In her full Harley Quinn gear, and she's just like, "Back off, buddy! I'm armed!" and she whacks him with a mannequin (laughs) arm. It's it's just great, and it's it's classic. Oh, who's the voice actor? Arlene Arlene Sorkin is that her name? Yeah, Arlene Sorkin. So so many Sorkins all of a sudden. Yeah, Arlene Sorkin just she shines in that episode, and there's some great one-liners. It's a great moment. Two at the very end where Batman brings her the dress that she bought when, uh, when she's getting readmitted to Arkham. She's all depressed. Batman gives her the dress that she had bought. He says to her, everyone has a bad day. I had a bad day once. And she, she looks at him, lays a, good one on, lays a good kiss on him. And she says, nice guys like you don't deserve a bad day. And then she realizes that the kiss was actually pretty good, so she lays a big one on him, <laughs> and that's h- kind of how the episode ends. Uh, but it's a it's a great little episode. I forget the name of it, but it's in season four of Batman. I mean, you might as well just binge the entire thing because the entire show is great. Twenty five years of Harley Quinn feels makes me feel really old. No, I'm I
1: feel tremendously old suddenly because um, I remember watching that. I remember watching that when it was on first run, going through it was part of my Saturday mornings, and then. Kind of got confused as to why it changes. Superman was around. I'm like, I'll stick through this. And then I did not give Batman Beyond a proper chance, probably because I was in high school at that oh, time. Oh, mistake and I was, made. Oh, I've made up for that. Mistakes have,
0: were made in that decision.
1: <laughs> I have the entire DVD set of it now. Uh, actually, it was my wife who told me. He's like, no, you have to watch this. This is super good. And, and she pointed out one of the, her favorite episodes was um, the one where... The, I forget what they're called, but it's basically the Harley Quinn stand-ins are, uh, twins, these clown twins or Joker's crew, I forget what they're called, are arrested. And then they get, for some reason, the show stays with them and they get bailed out of jail and there's this older woman with them. And then she just starts whacking on them with her cane and just yelling at them and saying you know, all these mean things to them about how dare they, there's appointments to her. And then one of them out of nowhere goes... Goes like, stop being mean at Harley. And I'm like, holy crud, that's Harley Quinn. (laughs) Harley Quinn's still alive. This is fantastic. You know, and, you know, and that was supposed to be years in the future. Joker Mm. had passed away, and then, and there's, and I'm still reading the comic books that Amanda Connor has just been doing a great role. I mean, doing a great run at it. I, of course, i am a fan of her artwork. I just wish she would draw the actual comics versus just the covers. It's a minor issue, but she really has, I think she's carried the legacy forward. And I wish they would have taken more inspiration from her with the suicide squad version of Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, you know, 25 years on, she's in pretty good hands with Amanda Connor, continuing the comic book role. And hopefully she's in good hands with DC's next decisions, whatever the heck they're doing with her comic book universe.
0: As far as their movie universe, I'm, I'm not a fan. Margot Robbie. I think she was a, an amazing Harleen Quinzel. She looked great when she was not in the white makeup with the tattoos and the fishnets. I did appreciate the little quick glimpse we get of her in the Dini costume. Yes. Uh, but it, it just looks weird, which anything outside of the animated or comic universe, that, that Harlequin outfit does look a little ridiculous, which is why I understand they didn't bring it in. But you have other references that you can do as well. I'm
1: not necessarily a fan of just that movie in particular or the two interpretations of where they went with with character design for the Joker or Harley Quinn I didn't especially like that if you're going to interpret that character who came from an anime, uh, came from an animated series and has a very distinct voice that that accent suddenly disappears randomly comes back kind of disappears goes away completely and is completely forgotten you know and then the and then the, the version of it with I guess was supposed to be a new 52-ish outfit but like I said, I think it's in really good hands right now with with the animated series. Is there there's going to be a new? Isn't there a new Batman coming out soon? I swear, there's a new Batman like series. TV show yeah, or comic? sorry, sorry, TV show coming out soon. Oh I geez, I know there's, there's, a there's
0: a, I know there's a new Justice League. Uh, I think it's Justice League Action, which is being I think it's being produced and uh, largely influenced by Paul Dini. Or is it?
1: Because I swear, Kevin Conrad. It's either Paul Dini or, or Bruce back.
0: Tim. But uh, Justice League Action is getting a lot of really good reviews. It's a lot more lighthearted than a lot of the more recent DC stuff. Uh, The animation kind of bugs me. I haven't really given it a fair shake if she's involved with that, but there's always some Batman thing in the works at DC.
1: Yeah, I just I swear I remember Kevin Conroy saying that he was coming back to voice Batman as something. I'm, oh I, yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's <clears throat> the Batman in Justice League action. Oh okay. I just assume, whenever I hear Kevin Conroy announce, "Oh, I'm back as Batman," I immediately lump everybody in, <laughs> like, "Oh good, Mark's back, uh, Marley's back, Terry Strong's gonna voice her. It's gonna be fantastic. We're in good hands. We're in good hands." You know. <laughs>
0: Harley's had a lot of different interpretations. Uh, the comic book run right now is a lot of fun. I do tend to get a little distracted and annoyed when they put her... Not necessarily because they put her in a bikini, but because they've given her the bleach skin treatment, yeah, which weird. is part of what they did in Suicide Squad, where they gave her the new 52 origin where the Joker dumps her in the vat. And I personally just I don't like that origin just because joker wouldn't want anyone to be like him i get in the movie he was basically trying to kill her yep. i don't necessarily remember if that was the case in the new 52 origin i just it, it bothers me she doesn't need to be bleached white i get that it's to make her stand out more instead of just being a caucasian blonde woman
1: yeah uh, but her blonde hair is still there which i find weird yeah. well
0: the blonde hair looks better than the black and red that they had started yeah. off with i mean that's one good thing that the movie came out with is they gave her the the blonde hair with the pigtail tips yeah uh, other than which, I mean, they kind of stole from the Arkham games anyway.
1: Amanda Connor's run has been really solid. I haven't really come across anything that I particularly hated. They've she's has a she has a very good um, interpretation of keeping the character just slightly insane while also whimsical. But then there's really great moments of sincerity. I really love what she does with that, uh, which she has done with that crew you know, her Coney Island crew of people she's built mm-hmm. up around herself, giving her her own life. I really really love her relationship with Poison Ivy that they overtly, you know, suggest that they're together, but then they also have this fascination with angering each other and breaking up breaking apart and then of course the Joker appears now and then to do his mayhem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just really a really fan of Really, the, of the comic books at this time, and hopefully that g- trend continues. As far as I know, Amanda Connor hasn't announced an end run for herself, so
0: I don't think DC is going to let either Amanda Connor or Jimmy Palmiotti out of that contract until the book starts slowing down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's like you said, there's a lot of sincerity in heart, and it does ring true to some of the Batman the Animated Series stuff, like what I I was talking about with the episode that I had just watched last night. Probably one of the the more funny moments that just Made me giggle and roll my eyes very early on in the the new fi- the new fifty two run, which has bled over into the rebirth run. Ivy shows up for the first time in Harley's new apartment. Uh, I think she's living in Queens now. She's somewhere in New York. She yeah. she she got a, a loft or she's in charge of an apartment building for some reason. <laughs> and she for whatever reason she has this rotting dead beaver as a yeah. as a sidekick now, and it talks to her. And it's yeah. basically her subconscious just kind of projecting onto her and it's it's just trying to get her to do smart things occasionally and she's it talks it says you know you're you know i'm the only one that can hear you right you know you're the only one that can hear me and she's shut up and then ivy shows up out of nowhere and she get jumps on her gives her a big hug and harley just blurts out you want to see my beaver <laughs> and ivy's just like yeah <laughs> and then she throws this rotting beaver in her face and oh that's what you meant it's it's not necessarily nuance no it's fun and i i don't mind that kind of humor it's it's something that i talked about last week and it's something i will get into uh further on down the line when i need a filler episode but dc (laughs) really really just loves their sex and it sometimes it bothers me when it's when it's too overt but that one made me chuckle so I can't be too mad about that. But again, uh, Harley's 25. That's crazy. She made her debut in Batman the Animated Series. She was supposed to be a one-off character, and then they just loved her so much. And she was actually inspired by uh, Arlene Sorkin mm-hmm. on, was it Days of Our Lives? I believe it's
1: Days of Our Lives, yeah.
0: It's a soap opera. They're all the same, essentially. Some have vampires, some don't. Uh, but yeah, Arlene Sorkin was on a, a soap opera, and that kind of inspired Paul Dini and Bruce Tim to to create this character. And they they couldn't figure out who to get the voice, and like, well, why not get the inspiration herself? And she, Arlene Sorkin, was just like, sure, let's let's do it. And the rest is history. Yeah,
1: because I forget um, what exactly Paul Dini said. I think he said he was home with a fever, and it was a rerun of Days of Our Lives where. For some reason, of course, they're having a fantasy episode, and Arlene Sorkin rolls out on heels in a jester outfit, to, and she's instructed to amuse the king and queen, and starts like doing like bad puns and squeaking a little honk toy, and spinning around, and ends up basic and ends up mooning them and smacking her butt, and then that's kind of how the that part of the episode ends. And Paul Dini went, "That's perfect." <laughs> <laughs> Why am I
0: not surprised?
1: <laughs> and, they've, uh, and they and uh, they. Really good friends, so.
0: Yeah, she's she's one of the people I really wish we could meet. My wife found a a copy of Harley Quinn number one from the original comic book run that started, I believe, in like nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine, and she got Tara Strong to sign it because Tara was at Mm -hmm. that same convention where we found that issue. Uh, But it would be great if we could get the original Harley voice on there on that sheet as well to sign. Arlene Zorkin to me, will always be the voice of Harley. Tara Strong does a really good emulation of it, but she's a little squeaky at times.
1: Yeah, her voice fluctuates slightly like, from moment to moment, which is kind of okay. It's but not taking away from what she does. No, no, she she does
0: fantastic. an amazing job. She, she has a lot of fun with it. I have seen her do the voice live. I've, I've talked to her about it, not one-on-one, but right. I, I was in a Q and a and I asked her about it and she, she just talked about how it was just such a great role to take over. And she wanted to do the the role justice while also while being an artist, you want to make it a little bit your own. Mm-hmm. So she, she just added her own little like Tara inflections into it and it works. I mean, the, the most people wouldn't even know that they went from Arlene and uh, Arkham asylum to Tara in, arkham city Mm -hmm. and then arkham knight well i noticed (laughs) (laughs) most (laughs) most people most people not people like us that know know these things all right well happy birthday harley and we love you and no matter what some of the fanboys say you're you're great people are annoyed by her voice you might as well be annoyed by new yorkers
1: no i mean to me to me if you're going to be annoyed by her voice, then you might as well be annoyed by... I mean, that's a character trait. That's her accent. That's her voice. That's what came exudes forth from the animated series. And they try to kind of... I mean, you can't read a comic book without hearing that voice running through your head if you've heard it once. You know, it's like just like if you're flipping through a comic book and you see the Joker's ha-ha-ha-ha-has, someone's Joker voice is going ha-ha-ha in your head. You know, so get over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, which for me, it's, it's undoubtedly Mark Hamill. Like- oh, yeah i grew up on jack nicholson before i saw the animated series most people did um and yeah even like jack nicholson had more of a he 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 hee oh yeah which again it wasn't as maniacal in no. my opinion um but yeah again happy birthday harley we love you um tara if somehow you're actually listening to this we love you too and same to you arlene so, I'm going to switch things up a little bit on you just That's because right? I think it makes a better transition. That's fine. We're going to start talking about The Orville first just oh, because I don't think I don't think people are necessarily watching this right now or maybe not talking about it as much. I know Seth MacFarlane did tweet out that he he is very grateful for the love that the show is apparently getting. It's got a 90% fan rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And it's got a 23% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That makes more sense. So, there's obviously a discrepancy there. I enjoyed the show. I watched the pilot. Uh, obviously, the this, as the time of this recording, it's the second episode hasn't appeared yet, so we don't know exactly what we're getting. But the first episode was was quaint. I guess would be the word I use.
1: I really, really like the show, and I'm going to keep watching it until either it goes in a weird direction I'm not comfortable with, or until Fox cancels it because you know it's sci-fi and Fox. Therefore, it's 13 episodes canceled and founds are outraged. What we got, I actually was really happy with. It was, it was less Family Guy-esque or Ted or A Million Ways to Die in the West humor. Um, it, there were uh, some mcfarlane in which, you know, random topical-ish kind of jokes that don't quite make sense 400 years in the future. The reason why I was sold on the show was how they resolved the conflict at the end. That sold me that we're going to actually get something that is a little more sincere, a little more smart, and is an ode to solving things the Star Trek way versus with violence or whoever the heck we're going to get with Star Trek Discovery or Star Trek 4 whenever they film that one of new Star Trek.
0: Like you said, I, I love the sincerity. It's It's got a good heart. They had plenty of opportunities to go gross, mm-hmm. and they really kind of skipped over it. I mean, you you could say that you, there was a, a gross moment early on when it's the first thing you see, so I'm not going to really spoil anything, but you find Seth MacFarlane's wife, uh, Adrienne Palecki. Padalecki? I can't remember. I think it's Palecki. I think I, it's I Pilecki. Know. Padalecki, I think, is Jared from Gilmore Girls and... Uh, my Sammy's going to kill me. Not folklore. Dang <laughs> it. Uh, supernatural. Supernatural. That's what it is, yeah. Jared Padalecki, I believe, is Supernatural and Gilmore Girls. And then Adrian Pilecki is Mockingbird from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as the failed Wonder Woman TV show. Uh, she plays Seth MacFarlane's now ex-wife because he caught her in bed with a blue guy who apparently <laughs> gets nervous and explodes and blue ink. <laughs> either, either, that, either that or he... Explodes blowing. <laughs> yes. In, a, uh, in an intimate fashion. And so they end up getting divorced because of this. Uh, he's been in a, a funk for a year. And then all of a sudden he gets a call from his superior. He gets a ship, a small little freighter called the Orville. And he's, he's back on board. He's ready to go. And he's just ready to just start working. And he ends up getting his ex-wife as his new XO. But there's there's some nice little character things in there when you before we find out that his ex-wife is his XO, which that's a tongue twister there. <laughs> uh, he brings on his buddy, I forget his name, but his his buddy's a drunk. When they bring him onto the Orville for the first time, he's like, I want to make a good impression, so I'm having a drink. And <laughs> really, right now, is this the best time? Yeah. Yeah, I want to make a good impression. I, I want to be. I don't want to be nervous. And then his his co-pilot or his gunner is a guy who politely raises his hand, he says, Yeah, the last captain let me have soda on the bridge. Is that okay? <laughs> and Seth just goes, Yeah, I mean, as long as you don't spill it on the dash, that's fine. <laughs> and it, it's just really like subtle family comedy. Yeah. And it just it worked for me, just because again, it, it felt like Star Trek, but with the average Joe as as the the crew, not these like officers who were trained in diplomacy. They're they're just guys.
1: Yeah, it it worked for me because his friend who um who's who's taken over the pilot has his own issues. The other guy just seems to kind of the guy the the co pilot guy just seems to kind of want to just write it out like okay we have another new pilot. I'm not losing anything, right? That's fine. Got my soda. Um, I'm good. Yeah, we got soda. We have um there was the uh the security officer who's this little waif of a girl who they. Who they get around that by saying that she's from a very, very high-density gravity planet. So she's incredibly strong. It's like, okay, that's a Star Trek explanation. You know, mm-hmm. That's perfect. That works. And then, I forget what the big alien guy is. He's basically a
0: Klingon. Yeah, I forget. But uh, there's one joke where apparently his species only urinates once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and something McFarland just goes, man, I'm up like four times a night. That'd be great. And how unfortunate. My... <laughs> My follow-up question to that would be, how long do you go for if you hold it in for a year? I feel like that would have been a good question to ask. That's actually a good question. You're like, Do they just go for an entire day? They just need a day off so they can empty their, their bladder? <laughs> That's do, weird. And then we find out uh, uh, through the trailer at the end of the episode for the upcoming season that apparently they lay eggs as well, oh, or yes. his species lays eggs. So And Seth MacFarlane, uh, for a space captain, he doesn't know a lot about the species on his crew. You guys lay eggs? So it's it's interesting, and I, I'm definitely willing to give it a, a shot and see where it goes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I want to see where this goes, because Space is a passion project for Seth MacFarlane. He was the one... Who helped bring back the Cosmos specials that ran a few years back? He actually was in a, one or two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise because he was just such a fan of the show, and he somehow talked his way onto it.
0: He was in an episode of Gilmore Girls too. Was so. really? he? Yeah, huh. uh, Lorelai's graduation from Community College. He plays one of the guys that's just constantly bashing on the rich people that decided to show up, who are Lorelai's parents. Okay, I'm gonna actually have to watch that episode. <laughs> And so he—he, uh,
1: he, I read an interview about why he wanted this show, and he said that right now we have so much dystopian fare, and and there just seems to be so much of an intrigue and in being upset about the future that he wants to be, have something that's fun about the future and brings a bit of liveliness to it. About hey, we're going to we're going to eventually end up in the right direction. So, I'm hoping we can. We can continue that with this show. Let's just, as long as he's able to rein himself in a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want it to dive into the family guy humor. Like, yeah. you can have a, a crude joke here and there. I appreciated the moment where he's running to uh, his his room, essentially, or his office, because he just found out that his ex wife is going to be his new XO. And he ends up, like, running through the sludge person. Oh, yeah. And he, he like, divides the guy into like three parts because two legs and one thing equals three slices and he just like slows down he's like hey whoa man you you okay and the guy's like slowly resolidifying. solidifying he's like yeah i'm cool it's fine all right cool thanks is <laughs> <laughs> is just is nice to not have something cuz i mean you could have easily had a, a poop joke there or something oh, yeah. where he steps in and he's like ah man and, you know
1: yeah or just show like a random stand like oh he'll rebuild himself or something like yeah. that no he actually seems to be caring about his job and where they're going and doesn't want his
0: personal life necessarily to interfere other than, you know, a lot of random slights during the course of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate like you said again the the sincerity of it. It has a little bit of heart. Uh there there's some clichés and again, it's not doing anything new, but it's different enough from other things that are on TV right now and again, it's going to draw comparisons to whatever happens with Star Trek Discovery who has uh, I don't know if they extended their not allowing someone to open up a review. Embargo, that's oh, they, the word. Oh, they put their review yeah, on. They, embargo. They, yeah, they have the review embargo that cannot reviews cannot be posted until the day the show airs or the sh- the day the show releases, yeah. which is usually not a good thing when a studio is this loud about it. Usually they'll just be like, hey, this is the embargo date. Like Star Wars does it. Mm-hmm. I think I think Star Wars did it. No, they didn't do that, actually. I think they had a they allowed a few re- to be released early. I, I forget exactly, but I'm pretty sure Star Wars did not have an embargo. I think it was allowed to open up a couple days early. Hmm. But they probably saw most of the reviews were pretty glowing. So they they were like, oh, yeah, go ahead. We'll just get a little bit more money this way.
1: Yeah, the embargo thing for Star Trek's Discovery is weird. I haven't been a fan necessarily of a lot of the artwork. I mean, not artwork, a lot of the previews and a lot of the posts of the photography. It looks a little kind of weird. And I'm not a f- necessarily a fan of them claiming they're within strict continuity of the original series, you know, next generation timeline. But everything looks like it's from the new Trek timeline. But they claim that oh, since we're ten years in the past, we're perfectly fine. Um, so I don't. Know. But there's no reviews out, and I think it's two and a half weeks away, three weeks away, something like that, because they're gonna air it. They're gonna put it on and some sun- after some football game or something.
0: Overall, personally, I would say give orville a shot um if you can watch the pilot somewhere on hulu or something like that i would say give the pilot a shot if it's for you see what goes on in episode two if if you you didn't care for it i wasted an hour of your life and i'm sorry i'm probably (laughs) wasting more of your time by you listening to this than the orville is Uh, that's true (laughs) (laughs) so while we're on the subject of tv and while alex is here because our first episode was all about game of thrones Game of Thrones is shooting multiple endings to prevent spoilers and leaks, unlike what we had happen last year. Yeah, I don't
1: buy that. I just don't buy that it's gonna work. That they're well, I mean, I know they're gonna do it, and I know that it's what they're aiming for. But we're gonna know ahead of time. If somebody's gonna leak it. It's gonna get out somewhere. There was um, there's a Reddit thread where they have uh, I forget what it's called, like the, the free company or something like that, based off one of the one of the companies from the actual book series and they have all these moles inside the production and they had this season basically written up from all their moles all the people snapping photos all the inside people leaking stuff they had the entire season episode one through seven completely figured out changed you know how it worked how it flowed everything beat for beat and of course everybody on Reddit were like, No, no, this is all wrong. This is terrible writing. This is can't be how anything happens And then episode by episode it would followed exactly what they leaked and everybody was then pointing out these threads from nine months ago about how wrong everyone was and like I just don't see what the point of it is. What do they mean by endings? Is
0: it the last five minutes?
1: Is it the last episode?
0: <laughs> people know this story but we no one knows the ending right. except george R. R. martin db weiss and the other guy i forget his name D- it's david something because it's, it's the two davids isn't it it's, yeah yeah it's db and david something i don't know D. sure and basically they're saying people have a good idea of what the ending is so i i assume that they're gonna shoot a few different endings maybe like a bleak ending or the, at least they're going to leak a bleak ending script. They're going to sh- have like a super happy ending where uh, somehow John and Danny aren't aunt and nephew, and they get married and have lots of babies that aren't dragons. Um, she was adopted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyrion gets a dragon too, just because. I, I feel like they're going to they're going to do a, a couple of different things, especially when it comes to who ends up on the Iron Throne at the yeah. end. If it leaks that there's a a democratic ending, I guarantee you that is the ending. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, uh, if they're going to shoot multiple endings to just mess with people, I'm really hoping one of the endings is an ending that sits slightly, maybe like 15, 20 years in the future down the road, and it's Tormund and Brienne, and they're walking, and she has like five kids, and one of them
0: is like even taller than she is. (laughs) I would love that. I I hope that's not even a (laughs) fake ending. I hope that's like... An actual ending. The White Walkers take over except for Tormund and Brienne. They have their own little children that they're gonna, they're gonna, I am legend this thing. Exactly. And they become the new waves. <laughs>
1: that would be awesome.
0: I would give them lots of money to do that ending. Oh, the, they better. <laughs> I mean, if, if they're gonna shoot a bunch of fake endings and like,
1: fake scenes and mix stuff around, you gotta, you gotta go big. Do something weird, you know? Have Jon Snow riding an ice spider for some reason that makes no sense. You know, go out there and have danny you know just turn around and go you know what this is all your guys problem and retire to a beach (laughs) danny becomes a faceless man for some reason (laughs) an entire that would
0: probably be the most sensible (laughs) decision she's made in the last like three seasons
1: here's a good one now this one i'm like i would like one of sansa uh dang it her sister suddenly escapes my mate uh, sansa and aria they're baking together And for some reason Arya is like Randomly changing faces And doing accents While they're baking <laughs> <laughs> So you know Jock, uh, Jakar shows up He's like baking Like talking about His lovely scones all of a Jack a- and Hagar Yeah um, Littlefinger all of a sudden Shows up And he's talking about How to make a proper proper Mockingbird
0: pie You know just go it Really creepy weird. little whisper Exactly A <laughs> trick to doing A, a good mockingbird pie is you have to make sure you mock it very well beforehand
1: <laughs> be fantastic
0: go weird with it just just have everyone show up one last time except for sean bean
1: no you have to have him show up but you don't,
0: they don't have his face <laughs> oh that's right unless she takes the face from the stone cut out of him but they said that face obviously is not right they probably ah. can't afford sean beats likeness that's why it's slightly different it's Aww. like the the dollar store brand sean bean <laughs> Uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones shooting multiple endings, not surprising. Um, we'll see what what they mean by endings because if they're not shooting at least a dark ending and a good a light ending and the real ending and an in between ending, you know everyone's going to be able to to deduce what's going on yeah. um. But yeah, I mean, we're two years away anyway, and we'll get all the information through leaks and whatever else. It's like a Halo game at this point. Basically. The story's going to leak eventually. Moving on to movie news, we had our first image of Stranger Things actor David Harbour as Hellboy. It's a great Ron Perlman cosplay.
1: (laughs) It looks fantastic, I gotta say. Um, Ron Perlman is looking amazing for his age. (laughs) Uh, I know he said he didn't want to come back, but he has come back, and it looks great. I'm g- glad we're getting this. Um, I know Del Toro said he was busy, but apparently he's
0: shooting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the only real difference I can tell is they let let his hair down, and they changed the look of the gauntlet. Like it looks a little more uh, straight edged, like a just a regular cylinder hunk of brick. It look, yeah, it, it looks. Like- it almost looks metallic. Like it, it almost looks like a, a gauntlet of yeah. metal. Instead of like a brick or brimstone or whatever it's supposed to be, that uh that
1: secondary picture that um that David Harbour and um, released and then quickly got deleted, the one with the black and white one, mm-hmm. the trench coat, I think that looks a lot better than just the still release of him you know being red against a red backdrop, which. I
0: looked at it, and went with like a hard black outline on him. Yeah, it looks just like, like a Fairly Odd Parents character. I was like, okay, that 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 looks like I expected it to. That doesn't excite me. I honestly thought it was uh, Ron Perlman. You, I think you shared that with me, and yep. uh, I was just like, okay, is this like un? Is this concept art of Ron Perlman? I don't know what this is.
1: But the uh, the black and white one with him in the trench coat looks I think
0: it looks a lot better and you can you a get good. a better view of the gauntlet as well mm-hmm. or the the his right hand it's not a gauntlet it's his actual hand.
1: Uh the only thing that didn't excite me about that was I believe they also released the um the release the release date or sorry they announced the release date which I believe is January 11th 2019. January is traditionally a dumping ground of
0: bad movies. It's the underworld time slot. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Gonna gonna bank it on that underworld crowd. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think I think Hellboy two released in February. I want to say of two thousand eight or nine. I'd have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that was an early year release too.
1: I just still don't like the January release date because that's traditionally a, a get rid of it thing. I mean, yeah, I know um, underworld and Resident Evil can make some money in that in that release date, but that doesn't necessarily inspire me that they're actually trying to put a good product out as so much as that they're like well people should be tired of seeing some movie by now
0: It was july eleventh, two 2008 so i was way off i just remember that was that's actually the only hellboy movie i've seen in its entirety it's a good one i wasn't overly impressed uh how dare you i i don't know hellboy doesn't do anything for me i i i would actually pay good money to see an abe sapien movie that would be a good movie. I, I i liked the character of abe sapien oh. and um Wasn't he played by, um, uh, Doug Jones, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, I liked the character a lot. I I cared more for him than I did Hellboy. I mean, I guess I know Hellboy is supposed to be literally a hothead and, uh, I just, I just didn't care. Uh, the concept of the golden army seemed kind of cliche to me even back then. Um, I'm not a fan of Selma Blair. I, I didn't get it, and then the, you had the whole cliche of her being pregnant. Spoiler alert for a <laughs> ten year old movie. Uh, it, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was. It had moments where I laughed, but again, the and they didn't even try to hide the, the pregnancy thing outside of her trying to quote unquote find a good time to tell yeah. Hellboy. And it just, uh, it, it didn't really work for me overall.
1: Well, if you want to see a good *A* Sapien movie, may I suggest
0: The Shape of Water? <laughs> I, I am very excited for that. And apparently, it's getting some Oscar buzz, too. Uh, they just released a Red Band trailer that we shared on our Facebook page, which, nice plug there. Be sure to find <laughs> us on Facebook. Uh, the, the Red Band trailer wasn't overtly Red Band. I think it was just a, kind of a way to let people know, hey, this is going to be an R-rated movie, and Guillermo del Toro shines in R-rated movies.
1: Yeah, uh, the Red Band is from what I remember seeing of it, I think there was maybe a little blood when um, Michael Sheen was beating a guy, and the um, the lead actress who is deaf, she started spelling out a bad word. Yeah, she think,
0: signs out asshole a yeah, couple of times, yeah. and then I think they drop one F-bomb.
1: Well, she started
0: to write it and oh, then, on she? the
1: screen, and then uh, Michael Sheen was like screaming, like, what is she spelling? Michael and, Shannon. Oh, my God. Gosh, you're right. It's Michael Shannon. Sorry, Michael He's Zod. <laughs> Michael Shannon was like screaming, like, "What? You know, what is she saying? What is she writing to me?" And her friend goes, "Thank you." <laughs> After he'd seen the first three letters on the screen <laughs> coming up, uh, so it looks very interesting. Um, Doug Jones is again providing the uh, talents of the Fishman, and I am intrigued to see what this is going to be like.
0: I will only go see the creature of the Black Lagoon if Doug Jones is the creature at this point. <laughs> he seems to be typecast as the fishman anyway. So even if the dark universe is not dead for some reason, that's that's who I want as the the creature. I mean, we have to keep him employed somehow. <laughs> and going getting back to Hellboy, I mean, the, the costume can only look so many different ways. It's like Captain America or Iron Man. It's still gonna look like the previous costumes. I mean, they tried to make Superman's costume look different by dulling the blue and getting rid of the red underwear, but, I mean, it, it's still Superman.
1: Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. It's a it's a guy with a trench coat who walks around bare-chested who kind of has shaved down horns and an arm. I mean, the non-ridiculous way to make it is basically the standard way that they're doing it. So we'll just see if it brings something different, which is they're promising us it's going to be R-rated, they're promising us it's going to be darker, that it's going to be more straight for the comics. All right, cool. Let's go with it.
0: Like I said, I'm I'm not a huge Hellboy fan. I I just didn't, I don't get the appeal to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the trailers look like, and maybe they can do for January what Hell or what Hellboy, what Deadpool did for February. So we'll we'll see. 2019 is a year and a half away, so yeah, they got time. In other movie news, Drew Goddard of cabin in the woods fame and he also not directed that was ridley scott he wrote the screenplay for the martian uh drew goddard is set to direct the x-force movie which for those of you that don't know what the x-force is they are basically the black ops of the x-men they take on the missions that require people to get a little bloody and get people a little dead and uh, i believe they have already confirmed that deadpool will be a part of this team
1: yeah deadpool will be part of it
0: uh, my, my big question is who else will be part of the team? Are they building up Deadpool 2 to build up to X-Force? So is Domino going to be in it? Uh, are they going to bring back Marina Backron Because her character is supposed to eventually become a mutant as well.
1: Yeah, I believe she's supposed to become Copycat. Yeah. Um, which I'm hoping that they actually keep the, that progression. I mean, uh, there's a very natural way to explain how she gets powers It's the same way he did he was stuffed in an air tank she was stuffed in an air tank mm-hmm. uh she was put in a very high stress situation he was put in a high stress situation so it'd be really fun to have her um, be back as copycat and continue in that universe um that was one of the high points in my opinion of the dope of the deadpool movie was she and ryan reynolds had a very strong natural functioning relationship dysfunctional but <laughs> a good relationship with the two of them drew goddard Kind of waiting to see if he can impress me. I did like The Martian, but I'm not sure if that was just Matt Damon and Ridley Scott. I like Kevin in the Woods, but was that... Josh Whedon? Yeah, it was, thank you. Was that Josh Whedon? Uh, he was supposed to be doing the first season of Daredevil, but I believe they removed him after a few episodes.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I forget why he, he came off the project, but yeah. Either he was removed or he left for reasons. Uh, he did. He has recently um, done the Good Place. I believe he
1: directed the first episode or two, which I think that's an underwatch TV show and really like it.
0: So, yeah, wa- uh, Erica and I watched the pilot not too long ago. It was fine. It was fun. I want to watch more just to see what develops because it seemed very straightforward in the first couple of episodes. Um, I will say it's going to be a hard show to like um,
1: to watch for some reason if you find it in syndication because. It really is a continuity of episode-to-episode episode building the story, which I actually really liked. Um, and there there was a great, lovely spin on it that they're ruining in the promos for season two that happened at the end of season one. I'm still a fan of it, and hopefully Drew Goddard can do well with his show, with the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the movie. With the
1: movie, <laughs> dang it. Sorry, I'm like thinking like, okay, he's done this TV show, he's done this
0: TV show, he's done this TV show, this TV show he kind of did that. Oh, sorry, you got too many apps me. open, you're you're running a little slow, <laughs> running out of RAM. <laughs> Fox is doing okay with their X-Men movies right now. A lot of people really liked Logan. I, I felt Logan was a little overrated. I, I enjoyed the hell out of Deadpool, but it, it was a little colored by numbers as well. I'm all for a team-up movie of the R-rated fashion with superheroes, as long as they get a good roster and a good cast together for it. And then uh, in other movie news, John Wick Chapter 2 has been slated for May 19th, 2019. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. That's right. <laughs> we just picked up Chapter 2 on Blu-ray. That's why I'm thinking about it. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3 is slated for May 19th, 2019. I'm excited. I think this is supposed to be the last movie. It's supposed to close out the trilogy. Uh, from what I understand,
1: that this is going to be the last one featuring Wick. The well, I hope they don't tri- have a
0: John Wick with someone not named John Wick. <laughs> Well,
1: um, they do have the spinoff going. Um, The Continental, which is supposed to be a TV series, which is going to expand and explore the world of the Continentals uh, throughout the world, which sounds like a very, very cool way of keeping that world intact without necessarily um, keeping Keanu Reeves around. Because the Continental is probably my favorite world-building device the last few years, just because... The first one it keeps it kind of a mystery of like, okay, how do these coins work? What's going on with this? What is this? There's a society. And the second one, have you seen it yet? Yeah. Okay, good. So The second one expands upon that, that there's more than just one continental. Then there's the, what you can actually be buying with these coins, what you can secure with them, not necessarily how you earn them yet. There's different devices that they could use to explore that world, but not necessarily following around Keanu Reeves. And two sets up that, yeah, three is going to, be one big bad showdown. Mm-hmm. And if it's a big bad showdown, let's hope it ends naturally with the close it out. Cause I don't necessarily don't want to see John wick four in 2022.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think the biggest downside to it is, I mean, it's it's going to be released two years afterwards. So, I mean, that would be... I think it would be six or seven years between all three movies, which is it's a pretty good spacing. Yeah, it's really good. And, I mean, Keanu Reeves is pushing 60, so it, it needs to happen fairly soon. He's in his early 50s or mid-50s already?
1: Yeah, he should be in his early 50s right now. I believe he's 51 or 52 now. He's got to be. He's yeah. been around for a long he's, time. He's an,
0: he's an ageless wonder. He and Paul Rudd, I swear. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the John Wick series. I like the world. It's fun. Um, my... My biggest gripe against John Wick 2 is it felt like it was just a big setup for John Wick 3 after so long. like The movie kind of ended by at, at the end of the second act, and then the third act was pretty much just setting up this ending that bleeds into John Wick 3.
1: I wasn't expecting it to end the way it did, necessarily, but it does seem that, that once he has been betrayed and it's like, okay, i got to fly somehow and get back to New York and murder a bunch more people. And then he finally, you know, was like, okay, I got to murder this one dude that they really did kind of, it really is upon second viewing obvious that they're like, okay, we need to have some loose thread here. <laughs> and this is the perfect loose thread in theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's not taking away anything. The car chase scene in the very beginning of the movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. The chase, the, the foot chase scene between uh, John Wick and Common's character is awesome. That That's some of the most like, high tense hand-to-hand combat moments I've seen on screen in a while. Um, Even Ruby Rose turns in an okay performance, which I mean, it's not hard to do when you have no lines. She's just (laughs) signing. Um, I honestly don't get what the appeal is of Ruby Rose, like why Hollywood is trying to make her a thing, but I'm, I'm kind of glad her character, did she die? She's dead. I mean, she's gotta be, (laughs) I know she did the seeing you thing that she did from the first one again, but I can't remember if she actually died.
1: Uh she was left with a knife in her heart that if she pulls out she'll die. I thought
0: that was common. He did the same thing to her though. Well, that's not very impressive if I'm they like, just they play the same card twice. Well, no, I think she's she's got like a I think she's just like got maybe got a leg broken or something. I can't no, remember because no, he no because he he took her knife and forced it to jab into her heart
1: into her and she signed, I'll see you. And he kind of went, yeah, right, and walked away. Okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe. I, I'm not remembering. I remember Common had something similar where maybe it was in the leg or something. And he's like, you pull that out, you're going to bleed out before you can get to a hospital. Because Keanu didn't want to kill Common. Right, right. Common wanted to kill Keanu. Anyway, John drama series is good. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Brief summation of that. <laughs> Yeah, the reason John Wick 2 is moving to May 2019 is because that has been vacated by Star Wars, which has now moved to December 20th, 2019, because they brought back J.J. Abrams, which is something that we kind of predicted on this show. Rumors and Scuttlebutt says that Ryan Johnson turned down the the offer to direct, largely because he spent the last... Two and a half years of his life directing Episode Eight, and he needed a, a vacation. Disney kind of hedged their bets and went with the the safe bet in JJ.
1: Yeah, I can understand the guy wanting a break, since he believe he was writing. Um, he was writing Episode Eight right as they were editing out uh, uh, editing Episode Seven, because he had mentioned that he asked um, JJ Abrams to change up some of the people that were flying to see Luke at the end, because. J.J. Uh, J. Abrams originally wanted BB-8 to be aboard the Millennium Falcon and uh, Rian Johnson's like, no, 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 I have this thing that I'm doing with R2, so make sure R2 is there instead, which makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. for R2 to be there than bb Especially BB-8.
0: when BB-8 belongs to Poe.
1: Yeah. Like, why would BB-8 leave Poe to go with Ray? No, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So, um, it makes sense that, yeah, it just that he's, I think, still editing. I don't think, don't think they've announced that he's officially done working on Episode 8 right now. He probably is putting some finishing touches, restructuring some stuff. I know that they had, to, well, rumor is that they had to redo parts of eight to compensate for the loss of Carrie Fisher, because mm-hmm. um, eight was setting up to be, eight was setting up for episode nine to be Carrie Fisher's movie, since the way they structured it was Harrison Ford is episode seven, uh, Mark Hamill is episode eight, and Carrie Fisher will carry nine.
0: No pun intended. <laughs>
1: I know they had to redo some rewrites. There were some rumors of reshooting, so I can understand him being burned out and not necessarily want to carry it mm-hmm. forward. Doesn't necessarily leave us in the best of hands, wondering what's going to go on with nine. Gonna, um, Rian Johnson had mentioned once or twice before that he's leaving some questions to be answered in in nine that he pushed, kicked down that he kicked down the road. He's like, "Oh, there's questions in seven that I'm not going to answer. I'm kicking that to 9. And will we get those answers? What's the script look like? Is there a script? Uh,
0: they, they've they already confirmed that JJ is I don't know if he's going back to a page one rewrite or if he's just redoing a treatment uh, but yeah JJ is doing some script work with completely blanking on the guy's name uh, He's he's he helped on Seven as well um, he's a guy that kind of kept JJ in check with a few things um, I wish I could remember his name but I can't so is, I, the,
1: oh, is that Kasten? Lawrence,
0: Lawrence. Kasten, I don't think it's Lawrence oh, okay. no, Lawrence Kasten is uh, currently working on the Han Solo picture I'm going to look it up here really quick, but J.J. <laughs> JJ is a safe pick. I know a lot of people are hoping that it gives him a chance to actually answer some questions compared to just asking them because I know he is on record as saying that I don't have to answer who Ray's parents are. I don't have to answer who Snoke is. That that can be for whoever does eight and nine. Now he's doing nine. So <laughs> what in his head canon, what can he make literal canon?
1: I think J.J. Abrams will probably deliver us another... Solidish movie um i haven't necessarily been a fan of him ever so i really can't be sitting over here and be like oh it's gonna be great guys i just want you know solid movies that um hopefully impress me a bit because i remember the first time i saw star wars i think i was like 12 because you know i was not an i was not a 70s and 80s child i know i saw them before they were special editions were we released and I was just blown away. I was just like, my cousin showed me, um, showed me a new hope, and I was like, this is amazing. And then like, he's like, isn't it great? And then like, I don't know, a month or two later, he's like, you know, they made a sequel. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, they made a sequel. And then we watched it, and it was like, oh my god, I was so excited. And then, out of nowhere, I casually said, like, I wonder if we ever see what Vader looks like. And he's like, oh, they made a third one. I'm like, what? <laughs>
0: Uh, Chris Terrio is the okay. the guy who is helping write episode nine. He is largely credited for Argo. I believe he hmm. won a, a screen. Did he win a screenplay Oscar for that? I don't remember. Argo
1: won. A, yeah, did win screen. I believe.
0: Okay, and then he also has a writer credit, unfortunately, for Batman v Superman and Justice League. But I assume Great that movie. whatever I assume whatever he wrote was probably just completely glazed over by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder doesn't seem too concerned about script, so I assume that he whatever he wrote was probably some of the better parts of it because argo is a great movie um in my opinion yeah um but i I think i think episode nine is in capable hands i wouldn't say it's in great hands necessarily i think it's largely up to kathleen kennedy because i think she's kind of kevin feige in this situation where she has a plan and she's getting these people in there just to kind of execute the plan she'll green light the script be like good enough or that's great, kind of like what the rumors that we're getting with Ryan Johnson, where everything seems to be just going smoothly outside of losing Carrie Fisher. Right. Uh, it, everything we're hearing. I mean, the guy was at Star Wars Celebration, visiting with fans at 3 a.m., like shaking hands individually and spending time with fans and just talking Star Wars. I'm I'm slightly disappointed that he he isn't doing Episode Nine, just because again, it sounds like he. He has a really good grasp on what Kathleen Kennedy wants to do and what he wants to do, and it sounds like they're they're in pretty good sync. And everything we're hearing about Episode Eight is it's arguably going to be one of the best, if not maybe the best, Star Wars movie since Empire.
1: Yeah, the only I, the only thing I'm really concerned about is that JJ Abrams seemed to come in, swoop in, discard a bunch of stuff, write a movie, and disappear, and be like, I'm I'm out. But if Kathleen Kennedy if what, if what we're hearing about how she operates and how she wants to protect the integrity of the universe and protect the integrity of the movies so that they are a useful, cultural, relevant product still, I'm willing to see what she's going to produce because as much as I was really annoyed that they sacked two directors like with three days of filming to go on the Han Solo movie, and especially annoyed that they picked Milk Toast, Ron Howard, who I don't think has produced a good movie outside of... Outside of Drive, since like two thousand and two, he seems to be having the time of his life. I mean, he's on Twitter every day, posting pictures about you know little teases of like, look what I shot today, guys.
0: I, I feel like that's PR because usually, yeah. usually Star Wars sets are very closed off, and I think I think that's a lot of PR where they're just trying to you know here's a little hint as as to what we're doing. because like, yeah. you know, Lord and Miller would have been tweeting and doing all sorts of fun little uh, Instagram posts if. If they had been given those kind of green lights.
1: Yeah, I mean, he probably his PR, but it does seem that he wants to be there versus, you know, just a hired hand who shows up for a big paycheck.
0: Apparently it, he is good friends with Lawrence Kasdan, so. Oh, oh, there you
1: go. I'm willing to write it out. I mean, we have episode eight coming on uh, coming in December, but then we have the Han Solo movie, which has yet to be pushed back from May, which I wouldn't be surprised if it does because... I think they're still in reshoots.
0: (laughs) Well, in the age of digital, I mean, all they have to do is send in the scene they shot. They can literally start post on that scene right then and there. And then editing is going to be the longest part after that. Um, So, I mean, as long as they do that, they can print digital copies in a matter of hours and then ship them out yeah no. so I, I think i think may still seems fairly realistic i mean justice league as far as we're aware is actually still shooting uh we haven't heard anything about them actually wrapping any of the the quote-unquote reshoots that they're doing and they're still on pace for releasing in november
1: yeah there was a quiet announcement that um that josh whedon was going to be given co-writing credit on it because of how much extensive reshoots are i don't think he's they've announced that he's getting co-director credit yet. And they, I, I don't use... think they're going to give him a, a no. director
0: credit. I think it's more as a, a favor to Zack Snyder because allegedly they're still trying to keep with Zack Snyder's vision and his quote unquote tone. But I feel like Joss Whedon is still going to add a little bit more story. And obviously he's adding more quips. Uh, the scene on the rooftop with commissioner Gordon where the flash is like, Oh, they just disappeared. That's rude. Yeah. Uh, that's, One hundred percent Joss Whedon. I don't think Zack Snyder could come up with a joke like that in a hundred years.
1: No, because he's such a very serious actor director. I mean, he's given us some great things. Like, no, no, don't get me wrong. I actually, I will defend Zack Snyder to the ends of the earth about some things. Like, I don't get why people don't like Watchmen. I honestly don't. I've read the comic book a few times before seeing the movie, and I've have the extended edition, and I truly believe it's incredibly underrated. I think he actually fixed a lot of the stuff that was wrong with the comic book that I was just flipped back through and be like,
0: yeah, this is a lot better. This I think movie, one I mean. of the the major criticisms salute uh, <laughs> to, to the Watchmen movie is the overplayed sex scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, it's it was in the comic. It was like two or three panels where in the movie it, it's like five or ten minutes long. Not that long. It feels that long because they're playing a really bad version of Hallelujah. And it does it, feel long. It, it just, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. If you take that scene out and you just allude to the fact that they had sex or even like have them do the foreplay and then come back and they're snuggling on the bottom of the, the owl plane or whatever it is, yeah. um, you get the same effect. You don't need to see Malin Ackerman's boobs. in In defense of Zack Snyder in the comic it did end with the flamethrower being ejected through and being fired. You could comic. have done that too and still not had a, a two to ten minute sex scene in this overlong movie.
1: It's true actually that scene actually is it makes me laugh more than anything every time it comes on I just start laughing which I'm not sure if that was the intention or not but I actually really like that movie. Yeah, have you seen his own, that, that CGI owl movie he did? Mm -mm. Uh, It's from a children's book Called Owls Or something like that Give that a watch It's actually I don't know why In his In his directing uh, Catalog He has This children's uh, uh, Movie About Owls Yeah the
0: guardians of Yeah that's what I meant Yeah have you seen it yeah, the uh, yeah, Legend of the Guardians: Owls of Gahul. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I mean, I remember it being advertised as like this big epic. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I like, I have. Isn't no Elijah go- Wood one of the owls?
1: Probably, I don't remember. I've only I've seen like two or three times. I, I'm terrible with voice actors.
0: Elijah Wood's not a voice actor. He's
1: Frodo. <laughs> well, it's true. He's also uh, Dirk Gently's sidekick now, <laughs> but. I watched it just on a, like a whim of like, why would Zack Snyder direct this? And then I was like, I was touched. I was like, this is actually a really good movie. Hmm. Why isn't he directing more CGI owls? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I remember getting a really big Secret of Nim vibe from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got way off topic there. Sorry. Somehow we moved to Zack Snyder when talking about J.J. J. Abrams. So yeah, J.J. Abrams' uh, safe pick for Star Wars Episode Nine. He'll have a chance in some people's minds. I know yours mm-hmm. especially, where he'll have a chance to redeem himself for Episode Seven. I still maintain Episode Seven is a a good Star Wars movie. It's it's right there after Empire and A New Hope, and <clears throat> you can mix and match uh, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, and revenge of the sith however you like to me they're all three abc they're not as good as the first first two and obviously they're nowhere near as good or they're way better than uh phantom menace and attack of the clones
1: uh i do have a question about if we're going to rank the star wars movies do we count clone wars as a star wars movie no it was released in theaters though i don't care <laughs> <laughs> all right okay then i ha- then i can rank um the force awakens above something <laughs>
0: That's just awful. Yeah, no, the, the Clone Wars movie, if they had released that as a TV pilot, which they, they kind of technically did because it was a launching point for the TV show, I'm I'm pretty sure if it was on anything other than... If it was called anything other than Star Wars, that show would have been canceled. Oh,
1: yeah. That first season was really rough. Second season was really good. The voice
0: acting was really rough, too. Like, they, they tried way too hard to emulate just the, the monotone of all the voice actors, Roger, even in like Roger. Ahsoka, who's supposed to be this like little, little spitfire of a, I forget what her species is. Um, Twi'lek? No, she's not a Twi'lek. Twi'leks are the ones with the tendrils, the two tendrils coming out of the back oh, of their right. head. Um, I forget what her species is called, but she's supposed to be just like this little spitfire burst of energy. And she's just like, Hey, sky guy.
1: <laughs> God,
0: like, Oh my God, shut up little child. And no. then she goes off and becomes one of the best characters in star Wars lore. If we can't choose that then
1: well eh. the first season of Clone Wars was rough the second season was really good the third season was really good I think they went 4 seasons before it got canceled Where's that what is that the yeah the 4th season and then what there was the 5th season which was that half season that they released on Netflix that was like cobbled together storyboards or something like
0: that Something like that yeah, yeah um okay. Yeah but Personally, I love Ahsoka, just not season one Ahsoka. No. Once she once gets to season two through what she's been in in Star Wars Rebels, spoiler alert, yeah. um, Ahsoka becomes one of the best characters in Star Wars. And she also grows up very quickly and becomes a very different kind of character. So, <laughs> yeah, J.J. Abrams. Okay choice. Not Not the best. Not... But they they start filming in January, or they're supposed to start like pre-production in January. Right. So they they really couldn't branch out and try and steal uh, like Patty Jenkins. Personally, I was I was, if if I had an outside the box hope, it was either going to be Matthew Vaughn, who is doing the Kingsman movies, and also did X Men First Class, or if she was willing to do it, Catherine Bigelow. I'd be really interested to see how she would portray a Star Wars movie. She's always been about these like super realistic military movies more recently and just these grounded stories. You got this great look on your face. Well, I'm trying to picture Catherine Bigelow doing like
1: episode nine. I I can't help but picture the entire movie would be I mean, it have to be NC17 with her directing style because <laughs> I'm just picturing assuming Luke's alive, like Luke battling whatever sith and stormtroopers are out there and some reason there's a race allegory going on uh, something's exploding (laughs) there's actual blood and dismemberment and well the droids
0: are the race allegory oh yeah freedom for droids
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just picturing like it's all filmed in slightly muted colors with a lot of blood and gore and cursing we would get luke to however reply uh to say the line i really would like to see as an outtake uh, do you remember this line from uh, a and Silent Bob strike back?
0: <laughs> no, no, I haven't seen that movie in years, which they're apparently working on a sequel for that one, yeah. but continue with the yeah. line.
1: Oh, uh, well, he he gets he gets ticked off and when they bring out the saber bongs and he like sl- and he like force pushes, I believe force pushes um Silent Bob into a wall and it looks at the camera and goes, "Don't fuck with the Jedi Masters." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bleep out my cursor <laughs> I,
0: We have an explicit rating on iTunes. We're fine. Really would like to see that as an outtake. Yeah, too bad Disney would never let that get out. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I can actually see that happening. In, in one point with Catherine Bigelow directing, I would be really intrigued. Like, that would be Yeah, exactly.
0: That that would get butts in seats. Like. I, because
1: you would see some amazing action and a lot of political overtones, which would be fascinating. You know, it'd be like what we should have gotten with Attack of the Clones that we didn't. Um,
0: George Lucas was just too concerned with world building in those ser- in those movies. But if you could actually picture um, Catherine Bigelow directing uh,
1: episode two and three, the politics would be a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and the, uh, the lightsaber duels at the end would be a lot more visceral. Mm-hmm. Lots of death. Lots of explosions. Well, I mean, Django Fett did get decapitated.
1: <laughs> I am still upset that what my friend told me about that is not true. I remember, I didn't, I didn't see it the first weekend because I was really weird. I didn't, wasn't really that interested in it. And I remember, like, the whole Huda Man, Yoda Man uh, trailers that started after the first weekend came out of, like, Yoda oh, spinning and showing off. I remember stuff. laughing
0: in the theaters in that fight scene.
1: But my friend assured me that if I went and saw the movie, because I didn't want to. That there's a scene where Boba Fett, uh, was, where, J- where Jango Fett and Boba Fett are there. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. He's like, yeah, unfortunately, Jango Fett gets killed. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. He's like, yeah, well, Boba Fett's young at this point. And he goes over and picks up the helmet. Uh-huh. He's like, and when he picks up the helmet to mourn,
0: it, the head falls out. <laughs> I don't remember that. It didn't happen. Okay, he so lied to me. I'm like,
1: oh, really? That's screwed up. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll go see it.
0: <laughs> wow, your friend's mean.
1: My friend's a jerk, yeah. He also assured me there's a scene where where uh, Boba Fett is leaving, uh, dragging his dad's corpse behind him, and he kills, like, three um, three clone troopers
0: as he leaves and takes the slave one and flies off. My friend's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> your friend's a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that those movies, at least... Attack of the Clones did nothing to solidify the fan theory that Boba Fett's a badass. I mean he no, as far no. as I'm concerned, Boba Fett's super overrated. You can unsubscribe right now if you love <laughs> Boba Fett. I, I'll bash him at every opportunity. Hashtag Boba Fett overrated. <laughs> well, he gets a little bit better in the Clone Wars. <laughs> kind He's of. a whiny little like teenager. I don't wanna do it. I said a little bit better. <laughs> How is that better? <laughs>
1: Oh no. He sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They took they took what was a possibly intriguing character, which I do like How is
0: he intriguing? He literally stands there. Okay. I mean the the history that is built afterward of the Mandalorians is fine, but Django Fett is actually not a Mandalorian. He no, he's not. He was born on I think one of the moons or one of their territories. I don't know. He just has the armor. I think I think the, the story the backstory is he like killed a Mandalorian and took it. Okay, I'm
1: just going off of what we got pre-special editions of four and five. Uh, sorry, of sorry, of five and six. This is why I will. This is the, my brief defense because I do admit the majority of what I like about Boba Fett comes from the bounty hunter. Uh, the bounty hunter trilogy uh, was it Slave One, the Mandalorian armor, and something else. Those books, of course, are no longer canon. But in Episode Five, Vader has to specifically call him out and tell him notice integrations. He points this out to him specifically, and then he's the only one who talks back to Vader where he's just like, you know, he's no use to me dead, and Vader's like, I'll make it up to you or whatever. That's interesting. He then screams and gets hit. He then f- tries to fight Luke and then screams and dies like a bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you heard the fan theory that uh, Boba Fett was the one that eviscerated um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru? That is why they're skeletons, because, again, stormtroopers only have blasters. How are they able to, quote-unquote, eviscerate? And that's why Vader like singles him out, is because he, he tells him, Hey, go find Luke. I know where he might be. And obviously, Owen and Beru are like, We don't know. He went to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. And then Boba Fett just eviscerated them, because they were no use to him. That is a much cooler fan theory for him.
1: It's a lot better than what we got with the special edition, where he randomly walks on screen, nods at the camera, and keeps walking.
0: Because I mean, they they do uh, they do through the special edition, they do verify that he is he's he on, is on Tatooine. So yeah, he's on Tatooine, watching Han uh, step on <laughs> really awkwardly step on Jabba's tail. Step on Jabba's tail for some reason. Yeah,
1: really bad CGI
0: of making him bounce up through the frame and back down. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of transitioning with more director news. This is a very director news heavy episode. Uh, Patty Jenkins officially signed on the dotted line to direct Wonder Woman 2, which had previously been slated to open on December 13th, which if that date sounds vaguely familiar, it's because Star Wars moved to December 20th of 2019. And so now these movies currently have a batman v superman captain america winter soldier face-off going on right now i think it was was it Winter? no it was civil war no it was winter soldier
1: was it winter soldier yeah because civil war was last year and wait it, sure. has, to be, it has to be batman versus superman it, because yeah, civil it, War one, was this year no.
0: one was batman v superman civil war was two last year yeah it was last year's civil war and batman v superman is both face-off movies so the face-off movies were facing right, off right, against right, each other. Yeah, there we go, there and we go. now we have Wonder Woman 2 going almost head to head with Star Wars and I I can I will bet good money if Vegas has a betting line I will put whatever I have in my savings account which isn't much on Wonder Woman moving either to uh, March 2020 or May or April 2020. I don't think they're going to push it that much further back. But I don't think they're going to stick around to lose all that money to Star Wars a week later.
1: No, nah, I think if anything, well, my opinion is I think they'll move. I think they'll move up some, try to like move towards November or October because I don't th- think in twenty nineteen is te- November. I think it's tentatively is where uh, Bond twenty five is sitting. I think that's really the only thing sitting around there. I don't see them necessarily pushing it back unless they run into some kind of issue with writing. But they have you know. Two, a little over two years, which is really all these blockbusters get these days. Um, I think her sign of that line a good thing. If the rumor is true that she's now officially the highest paid uh, female director of all time, good for her. She made them a heck of a lot of money and the only well-reviewed movie from DC that's been out lately. And it's the only thing in the slate that actually could be released on time and under and on budget.
0: <laughs> the Flash? Well, no. Um, Aquaman is actually on time currently i think it's it? yeah it's oh. slated for july of 2018 and they're almost done with uh filming um i think they've got a few things and then knowing dc they're going to have something leak and then they're going to have to do some massive reshoots and release just in time
1: oh of course well you know um they did announce that they were having a lot of trouble shooting in water which surprised <laughs> yeah they and yeah, Dolph Lundgren floating through the air and water i actually really want to see the, the behind the scenes of that <laughs> we got a little tease of that a few weeks ago i really want to see more
0: yeah they they say if you want to make a movie almost impossible to shoot shoot it on water mm-hmm. um, i mean obviously they're gonna have to do a lot of uh in studio stuff and cgi stuff because aquaman obviously does a lot of stuff underwater i i'm i'm actually excited for aquaman i hope it's good i don't I don't care too much that they're kind of keeping in the Batman v Superman muted tones kind of thing, but hopefully Joss Whedon's impact on Justice League lets them amp up the saturation a little bit.
1: Yeah, have you seen uh, any of the video of uh, a Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel color corrected?
0: Yeah, I've seen those. Those yeah. are those so, are good. Yeah,
1: and what, you know, what shocks me about that, which which I love, is that the guy who is doing them or girl who's doing them.
0: He, the person. <laughs> yeah, the person who's
1: doing them. Uh, all they're doing is actually taking the color palette of the actual suits as they're displayed, like in museums or tours or the behind-the-scenes photos before they're run through whatever filter that, uh, that it's... The you, Snyder filter. Yeah, before it's run through that. And it looks great. And it looks, you know, it pops. There's vibrancy. There's just something that actually makes it appealing versus blue-ish, gray, yeah. orange... Um, James Wan can actually deliver a good, uh, good Aquaman that is intriguing. Because my favorite part of the first trailer we got for Batman versus Superman—not uh, Batman vs Superman—of Justice League, my favorite part is um, Aquaman landing on the Batmobile and going, "Yeah!" yeah. <laughs> it's just so random, and it's like, "Oh wow, somebody's actually having fun with us!" You know, who's intrigued and excited about fighting—that's just fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I, I'm i 100% down for Jason Momoa's Aquaman just stealing the show. He, oh, so. He's going to, I think he might end up becoming their Iron Man where like everything's just going to start focusing around him and Diana because they're just going to bring life to this dreary world.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping something good comes of it. Um, and, you know, we got Aquaman coming. That's you no, know, no, for sure. Wonder Woman is, that's a good
0: um, yeah, I, li- I like your bet too. I, it, it could bump up to the November date of 2019. Kind of Star Wars will have December, and then DC will have the Thanksgiving Day weekend yeah. until Disney comes out with whatever family friendly movie they're going to release on Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's enough bear, there's enough buffer.
1: They put Bond 25 in early November, which I believe they claimed like November 3rd or something like that. But that'll probably get pushed back because rumor is they don't have a script yet and they have to try to film around Daniel Craig's um, uh, Daniel Craig's schedule, which he likes to put a lot of low budget things here and there. And rumor is that he's supposed to film a mini series for Showtime, but that may get moved back because they have to film Bond, but Bond script's not ready. So they're gonna maybe
0: try to fit that in ahead of time. Who knows?
1: One of them is going to blink,
0: yeah. Yeah. and I'm pretty and sure the mouse is not going to be in. No, I mean, they, they've technically already moved the date once. They're not going to move it again. Patty Jenkins, they could probably throw an extra half a million dollars at her and say, hey, can you turn this in, say, by October 15th instead of November 1st yep. so we can get this out by November 11th? Yeah. But, I mean, good for Patty Jenkins. Great for her to to hold out and get that like, great deal. It's going to be a fun 2019. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, we've got the conclusion to Marvel's first phase of movies, Avengers Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4, whatever you want to call it, comes out that year. Um, We also have Captain Marvel coming out earlier that year Mm -hmm. in March. You've got Spider-Man Homecoming 2, which is not going to be called Homecoming 2. We just don't know what the title is uh, coming out in July of that year, which uh, that's supposed to take place moments after the end of avengers 4 i think they said literally like 30 seconds yeah which i mean uh what's her name in marvel she or not marvel it's sony she can she just needs to shut up (laughs) amy pascal amy pascal that's right she just needs to stop talking for like five minutes and (laughs) she's so excited that she actually has something good and it's not even something she did she just gets credit for it because she bartered that deal with marvel 2019 is going to be a fun year. Hopefully, it's not as disappointing as the summer of, I think it was 2015, when Avengers 2 came out. Mm. That was a very disappointing summer. There was a lot of stuff that was supposed to come out that was supposed to be really good. Was that the Thor 2? Um, no, that was just before. that. Our, Thor 2 was just after the first Avengers. It was, okay. Thor, it was Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Captain America Winter Soldier, I think and then guardians of the galaxy closed out that year Oh, okay yeah 2019 will be a lot of fun and it will it will actually be closing out a lot of nerd storylines too because Mm -hmm. the the first wave of avengers movies will be done so you can probably assume that robert dunney jr will be done uh chris evans is more than likely walking away we don't know about chris hemsworth then you've got star wars episode 9 which is closing that door but we probably will still have an obi-wan movie coming out sometime in 2020
1: Um, bond 25 is supposed to be daniel craig's last go with bond even though he threatened to quit before so yeah there's been some weirdness going on because the right now the distribution rights are up in the air sony's had them for like the last 15 years or so and um they're now currently being courted by a bunch of people to get their um distribution rights back um rumor is is that apple and amazon have recently entered the game to Mm -hmm. try to get the rights to the bond uh, bond from mgm and eon productions Part of that was they wanted somebody, they wanted Bond to be resecured before those rights were given up. Yeah. Well, we're way off. Topic. We're we're super <laughs> off topic, uh,
0: but it's fine. It's fun. Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman two, go get them, girl.
1: Yeah, she's awesome.
0: And probably going to get the a Thanksgiving twenty nineteen release date. Uh, I I think it still might get pushed back to twenty twenty just because I don't think Marvel has staked out anything in twenty twenty yet. DC really needs to not rush their movies if they bump up the timetable that could impact the quality of the movie as well yeah certainly here's hoping that dc learns from their mistakes it seems like james Wan is having a good time and he seems to be on budget uh maybe he's the ryan johnson maybe yeah i i think that's kind of it uh any other little tidbits you want to talk about alex no i'm good all right so you can find us on twitter at talking smack pod again our talking smack is smac stands for superheroes movies animation and comics so you can find us on twitter at talking smack pod you can find me on twitter at josh underscore scar scar spelled s-k-a-a-r like scar son of hulk alex doesn't tweet because he's a loser <laughs> you can also email us your feedback your questions uh at t at gmail.com and we're also on youtube and facebook so please give us a like share subscribe uh alex thanks again for being on the the podcast obviously we'll have you back again
1: no it's it's great um just you know
0: enjoy just talking about random stuff like this (laughs) that that's pretty much the entire thing it might as well be random smack (laughs) (laughs) scotty and i got off so so off topic last week too uh is but it's fun this is this is kind of why we're here we're we're here to talk nerd shop and put it out there so other people can hear and maybe get involved in the conversation whether it's on twitter or facebook youtube comments whatever uh emails again we we want to hear from from whomever might be listening uh, I haven't seen any stats on U- on uh, YouTube or iTunes yet. Uh, we have some pretty good traffic on Facebook. Again, we, we would appreciate more uh, feedback, some more conversation. Obviously, by running this podcast, I enjoy talking about this stuff. Uh, I could always use a distraction from work. So, uh, yeah, d- we definitely appreciate anyone who's listening. Next week, we're, I'm hoping to do a Kingsman review, but again, I, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to have the time, but... Uh, whoever i do the podcast with will hopefully have seen kingsman as well otherwise it's going to be a very boring review and back and forth <laughs> so alex again thanks for being on here uh everyone again thanks for listening please give us a like share subscribe
1: oh um i know you're about to go to theme music is this the piano concerto cover or is this the violin quartet cover? oh it's the
0: dubstep oh it's the dubstep specifically one? uh requested by scotty oh that's fantastic yeah so yeah, so, so cue it. that dubstep theme music